Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world, welcome back to The Caring Economy with Toby Usnick. As you all know, we like to focus on social impact and the role of business and society. Today, I'm honored in that spirit of having as our guest, uh, Beata Goodman, who is the founder and CEO of Grasshopper. Grasshopper has its, uh, its, its fingers in many different pies, and I'm thrilled to have Beata here. We've collaborated on a number of things through the past several years, from UN-oriented to private sector-oriented to social impact writ large. Beata, welcome to The Caring Economy. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here with you, Toby. Quite excited to have the conversation. Thanks. So uh, Beata, why don't you first tell us a little bit about uh, what Grasshopper is, and then we'll go into your personal journey and um, your sort of accomplishments and goals. Thank you. Um, so Grasshopper, we like to talk about how Grasshopper is a family of three companies. We have uh, all mission uh, and impact driven. Uh, the, the first is Grasshopper Global, which is a venture building uh, and advisory firm that works with the private sector, um, multinationals, um, and the nonprofit community to build out long-term uh, impact programming across the spectrum of sustainability from human rights to women's empowerment uh, to climate change. Uh, the second is Grasshopper Film, which is a, a film distribution company that uh, where we have a, a library of over 300 films, documentaries, uh, foreign films, independent, um, that uh, all speak to major issues in the world. Um, we are lucky enough to have in our library the Oscar-nominated film documentary, uh, Last Man in Aleppo, mm -hmm. and we wanted uh, an Oscar for um, uh, heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we have um, a mission-driven production company where we're producing uh, films um, on a, a range of topics from, uh, from wildlife conservation to, uh, to social justice issues and criminal justice reform and so on. Um, the one is uh, about to be released starring Christopher Walken where he stars, a, where he stars as, a, as a small farmer that's been fighting Monsanto for over two decades. Mm. And all of your work is truly global, right? I mean, you've, you've worked, uh, this one I think, did you shoot in Canada, was it? Or is it Canadian? That one, yes, so that one was, yes, largely, uh, it's a largely Canadian production, but we did film in India as well. Okay, and uh, all divisions of Grasshopper are truly global in their, uh, their collaborations and their impact, right? Yes, yes, we, uh, we, have programs in Kenya, in Mexico, uh, truly everywhere, um, and in large part through strategic partnerships that we have with like-minded organizations um, and, and other advisory groups like ours. Mm -hmm. And you and I are both, I think, internationals at heart. I wanna come back to that with your personal journey in a moment. But uh, first, for our audience who might not be familiar with the concept, um, can you describe for you or more broadly how the larger population thinks of social impact, what it is and what it includes? Um, I think it is a social impact. And I think I, I've been talking a lot about this with, with, with friends and colleagues. We, to a certain degree, for those of us who have been in this 
Mm -hmm. Business or community time. for two or more decades, like you and I, mm -hmm. um, to a certain degree, we've been waiting for this higher level of consciousness to take place for so long. Mm -hmm. It's just heartbreaking to feel that or to, to, to see it come to fruition because mm -hmm. of COVID, right? That's right. the heartbreaking piece. So it, it had to take this pandemic and, and uh, the heartbreak that everyone has experienced to finally come to grips with the fact of we are all interconnected, right? Yeah. Um, and so social impact for, for us and the way we approach it at Grasshopper um, is, is all segments and sectors of society coming together to impact life for the better, to raise the quality of life for everyone, to bring dignity into everyone's life. Um, and certainly when we work with our corporate partners, they're take on it is a little different than the work that we do with our nonprofit partners and so on. Um, but but it's, this, um, it's this fabric that we weave together to create the social protections and the economic empowerment that's needed to have everyone feel like they are a valuable part of society. Mm -hmm. And being lifted up, mm -hmm. so enhancing the human condition. Um, so we don't want to necessarily, we may want to sing out specific brands that you've worked with, um, but before doing so, can you give our listeners a, an, an example of, of a handful of both private sector and public organizations you've worked with? I know like the UN, you've, you're almost like, I think the UN whisperer to me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, as I stare, yes. Um, uh, you know, I have to tell you, and again, I just, as all of us have been quite reflective over the last few years, and I, I have to say that um, in the past, I would really zero in on the heroes, mm -hmm. like one or two that have just done outstanding work. And I, I've recently come to the realization that um, wherever you are, corporate or otherwise, on the sustainability spectrum, we welcome you and we want more of it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there are companies who I've worked with, like Southwest Airlines for years, who are just excellent corporate citizens. They do what's right and they truly do live by the golden rule. Um, they treat their employees on, uh, in, in an unbelievable way. Um, they really put them first. And their community, their community citizenship is top notch. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a role for companies like them. They're doing great community work. Um, and then I'm looking at companies like MasterCard and Visa who are just really changing the game on mm -hmm. financial empowerment and security mm -hmm. for low and middle income populations all over the world. And to me, that's game changing because when you have financial security, the path opens up for you in every way, right? Yep. For, your, for yourself as an individual, for your family, uh, for the community that you're in. If you're able to start a small business with a small line of credit, you can start hiring people. So it's, it's um, I think it depends on where you are on that sustainability spectrum. And we welcome them all because the need is that great mm -hmm. for the impact that needs to happen. And so Anyone from Southwest Airlines, as I said, on the community side to MasterCard and Visa who are, who are partnering with local grassroots groups in 
Tanzania to, <laughs> you know, to large corporations in, in, in Mexico and here in the United States to deliver financial services to people who otherwise would not have them. And they're using digital technology and fintech to do it. So I, I'm loving the innovation that's happening in the financial services sector. I think that that, that is potentially a game changer for our work, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, I agree with you. I've, I talk about not a spectrum of sustainability, but a spectrum of caring. And like you, I firmly believe that my service offering, my, my position is that wherever you are on the spectrum, so long as you as a, as a leader, as an organization commit to moving further along to a more responsible, more caring place, I'm with you. So I would even work with some of probably the most malign companies so long as they want to own where they are on that spectrum and commit to moving further along to a better place. Um, I remember vaguely one example with Southwest, which is a fun airline, I know from experience. Um, your, one of the projects you did there was uh, in uh, recycling oriented, right? Yes, Talk yes. They had um, retrofitted their entire fleet of planes and took off all of the leather seat covers. And we've been working with them for a number of years to upcycle that uh, leather into different products. Um, in, in Kenya, we upcycle them into soccer balls and shoes. Um, in Mexico, where the project is ongoing, we uh, have done a, a line of accessories. Um, leather accessories uh, made by women, uh, indigenous, uh, indigenous mm -hmm. artisans. And stylish clothing. Uh, yeah, well. stylish, very stylish. It's, it's really um, high quality, high quality uh, products. Uh, in, in, uh, in the US, in Florida, there was a small nonprofit that we worked with that uh, was really helping women um, that were victims of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, and we created many jobs for them um, and put them on a path to to success as well. They're doing they're doing quite well with with the program there. And uh, we saw so much potential with the program that we um, have spun it off into its own business. We're calling it Grass Up and it's going to be a marketplace for upcycled goods. So some of the products that we've made through the Southwest Leather, but also um, you know, for example, earrings made out of old t-shirts and um, accessories out of uh, travel accessories made out of um, out of rubber tires and, and so on. So we're really looking to highlight uh, the circular economy that way and provide a marketplace for some of the innovation that's taking place with this. Um, and that's hopefully going to happen sometime in the, in the uh, early summer. Great. We're going to uh, come back to that circular economy in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we are with Beata Gutman, who is the CEO and founder of Grasshopper. Um, we uh, also want to take a break one moment for our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I'm glad to have my pal and friend, uh, Beata Gutman here, who's the founder uh, and CEO of Grasshopper. So Beata, when you are counseling a corporation on a nonprofit partner to work with or a set of nonprofit partners, what are some of the barometers or measures you look for in order to endorse them? For example, do they need to be registered as a 501c3? Do they have to have a top rating and charity navigator? How do you know that your recommendations are grounded with really responsible practices? Yes. 
thank you, Toby. I, I think some of the, the great nonprofits that, that we work with and that we have created partnerships with, whether it be grassroots nonprofits um, and community groups to some of the larger institutional uh, nonprofits and foundations, what, what we look for is specifically uh, their executive leadership mm -hmm. and how committed um, they are and how they lead with integrity. It's really important to us because just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean that your executive leadership really lives by that golden rule. Mm -hmm. So we really look for that. Second, um, we really do take a very close look at um, the administrative um, uh, capabilities or exactly and and the management of their programs and how efficient they are with the resources they have and how efficient they will be with the donation and or grant that we will be giving them and so we work very closely to make sure that um know there that that the money is really going to the to the actual program to the actual work on the ground um and and so on mm -hmm. So are uh, some examples that you've and I, and I will just also say, sorry, uh, you know, I, there's also needs to be an alignment of values mm -hmm. as well, right? Um, and, and that's really important and actually takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that these nonprofit partnerships take a good um, eight to 12 months to really, to really solidify and gel mm -hmm. uh, because, because there needs to be that, that trust building and, and, um, understanding of how 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 the two parties or more if it's a multi-sector partnership mm -hmm. will work together and there's a lot to work through on that mm -hmm. and you have some uh recent ones you've worked with you like a lot nonprofits. uh i think first book is one first book is an excellent organization we really love uh the work that they're doing and uh we'll be announcing something large with them in just a couple of weeks but uh, their team is, their administrative team is small um, and mighty, which we liked. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the impact of their work is, mm -hmm. is just great. The amount of books that they're able to get into the hands of, uh, of so many kids in the United States is just, um, it's, it's remarkable and important, especially yeah. during the pandemic, right? Yeah, and the impact is so great, right? You teach a kid to read, you can change his or her life. Mm -hmm. um, so, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're with Beata Guthman today here on The Caring Economy. She is the founder and CEO of Grasshopper. I want to ask her about one of her really exciting initiatives, Humankind, but before we do that, I first want to ask her about her own personal journey and um, how she got where she got. So, Beata, tell us a little bit about your life journey and your career, uh, particularly the, the pivots, the mentors, and why sometimes you went left when others went right or vice versa. <laughs> oh, my life journey. Okay. So, um, all the way from the beginning, Toby. Wherever you want. I know <laughs> your parents are uh, Russian emigres. And so that gives you a real, I think, internationalist perspective. So, yes, I was born in the Soviet Union. My, my family came here. Uh, my parents, my sister and I came here in the uh, late 70s. We were, we were refugees and we're, we were relocated um, in St. Louis of all places. Uh, we then moved to New York uh, and I grew up in the city and I've been here um, my whole life, even went to NYU. Um, and um, I'm a proud New Yorker and, and love, love everything that this city is. 
Um, and so I, I went to NYU and then I stumbled upon a small organization back then, this was over 20 years ago, called Eurasia Group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stuff. <laughs> yes, and so I was one of the first uh, staffers at Eurasia Group with Ian. Um, it was a very, very small group, I, I think three people at that time, if that. Um, and we had worked uh, hard to establish uh, you know, uh, to realize Ian's vision of, of Eurasia Group being this political risk group and um, had done a lot of work in um, economic development in the former Soviet Union. As you remember, the, the wall had just, uh, sorry, the, the, the Soviet Union had fallen at that time. It was a wild, wild east. Uh, there was a flood of interest in in that part of the world. And so we worked very closely and at a very high level uh, to bring investment um, to that, uh, to, to Russia and the former Soviet republics. Um, and then I had gone over to uh, Ruder Finn to work predominantly on UN um, agency accounts. Mm -hmm. Great PR agency, yep. Yeah, and had worked, um, you know, at the time, um, David Finn uh, was very close with Kofi Annan, and so there were a lot of different, uh, very interesting projects that were coming our way, um, and so had worked with a number of UN agencies for for their different campaigns, uh, human rights, and and other and otherwise, um, and then was uh, recruited by Edelman. Um, Edelman's firm, which is great. Yeah been there for a very long time, um, growing their corporate responsibility division. So I grew up with the corporate responsibility discipline, if you yep. will, and have watched it. Um, and I hope also influenced it um, over the years with the different um, programs and companies that, that I worked with, including Samsung and GE and, and, and so many others. You absolutely have. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, we're with Beata Gutman, who's CEO and founder of Grasshopper. And we're going to take a quick break. Five, four, three, two, one. Again, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, with Beata Gutman from uh, Grasshopper. She is a friend and a collaborator I've worked with through the years. Beata, tell us about your latest incarnation, I shouldn't say incarnation, but your latest pet project, which is Humankind. So Humankind has been a project that we have been working on for some time and had really big plans for pre-COVID, including a very big launch at the Tokyo Games last year. Um, we have adapted Humankind to become this, um, I'm really so excited about this too because you know me well, and it's, it's a movement um, It's the movement to build empathy around the world. And, um, we have a number of, of ways we're going to be doing that um, through popular culture, um, through an impact investment fund, um, and through uh, different trainings and seminars um, and, and humanitarian responses that are all meant to, over a very long period of time, begin building a more, uh, more empathetic behavior among all of us mm -hmm. um, and it's a long-term project mm -hmm. um, but uh, we have a number of, of great partners already in, on board including Save the Children uh, where we're going to be doing a lot of exciting things with. Mm -hmm. 
I'm I'm very familiar with the earlier incarnation because we were collaborating on it a bit, and I'm very excited for you and the colleagues there at Grasshopper Theater. Um, I like the way you approach all of these very issues that confront society, right? From planetary degradation to racial inequities. You not only do the storytelling in such a gifted way with film and, and, and uh, um, but events as well, but also the investment fund is so smart because the generation of, of leaders that's coming up want impact and they want to roll up their sleeves. It's been my experience, my observation. So I like the fact that you're offering them something that's not just get on board, raise a flag or do a protest, but also you can put your money where your mouth is and you can do it with trusted partners um, and do it globally or do it locally, right? Like you have a way through uh, almost like a matrix of giving everyone the opportunity to help move the meter. That's exactly right, Toby. You nailed it. And we, we know, um, you know, the way that we have structured humankind, we, we, we are, as everyone knows at this point in building these types of, of movements, there's an awareness piece, there's an education piece, and we're doing that. And that's really important. But it's the interventions, you know, all of the research shows that in order to build empathy and to really teach empathy, you've got to, you've got to actually teach it. And you've got to make a concerted effort to show what it is. And so that's what we're doing, you know, beyond the awareness that's going to happen through all of the, 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 the work that we're going to be doing there. It is really um, beginning the, the, the training um, that's needed to, 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 you know, to catalyze that behavior change that's needed to, to make people think differently about how you interact. Yes. one another with your with your you know business partners with your you know how, even how you invest mm -hmm. right which projects are you going to invest where are you going to put your money so that it's not just a financial return but you're actually lifting the person that's you know part of the community that is you know that that's in need mm -hmm. and and you're doing that service offering in an increasingly crowded space and coming out of COVID, we're going to see, I believe, even more competition, so to speak, which is not a bad thing um, for that, what we often call ESG, the environment, social governance type lens of investing. Um, so Beata Gutman, how do people find um, you or Grasshopper or more information on humankind? What's, what are your preferred ways of being contacted? <laughs> um, I, we are on social media. So on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, you can find us, you can find us there. We're always happy to talk to everyone. Um, yes. What's your hashtag or your, uh, your social media handles? I'm at, at BG Krivashe on Instagram and Beata Goodman on Facebook. Okay. And then uh, Grasshopper is Grasshopper Global. Global. Mm -hmm. Great. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're going to check out all the great work that Beata and her team are doing at Grasshopper. Um, one last question for you, Beata. Um, as a mother of three children, three boys, right? Yes. Uh, they're a little young, they're not yet college age, but what, are, what is your advice for our college age kids about their career trajectories and um, any sort of time-tested rules of thumb? Yes. Yes, in fact, my, my oldest, who is 15, soon to be 16, we've started talking about college. So this is, this is a really top of mind. 
Um, you know, we, we, my husband and I tell, tell um, our son that he needs to, of course, follow his passions. Mm -hmm. But I also tell, told him, and I tell many of the, the young people that I mentor and who are part of our team to get as much work experience as possible, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. So that for me is that real life experience beyond uh, beyond the um, beyond the school beyond the books is really really important um, because it builds the emotional intelligence that's needed to succeed in mm -hmm. the workplace, right? Especially in the work that we do, mm -hmm. and increasingly what what is needed in the workplace. I then say that um, once you're in the workforce, and this is really important come in wanting to learn and wanting and 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 be curious about about everything mm -hmm. in a respectful manner right Absolutely. i found that um a lot of folks that have come through our doors and in in general just in the years um in the years past uh that there's just a a notion that they're coming in knowing everything and you know there, there's and, and there's it's impossible i don't know i don't know everything neither right. do you right. and the world especially after covid has has flipped on its head so nobody knows anything right. <laughs> and we're rewriting the rules for it all so come in with an open mind one that uh where you're curious and you want to learn and and you want to um you want to you know, help your 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 colleagues learn in the process as well. Kind of collaborative learning is so important these days. Mm. So that that is the mindset. Mm. Um, go out there, get some experience, no matter what it is, even if it's a retail gig. Absolutely. That was one of my first. <laughs> it's funny. It's one of my first jobs uh, was a retail gig at Bergdorf Goodman, and and I learned so much from it. And, well, and that's the best of the best, right? If you're going to learn service, <laughs> Bergdorf. I was at NYU in college, and I just uh, it was it was it was great. It was great to understand that inter you know the the interpersonal dynamic and what sells and what doesn't, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and all of that. So that, that's that applies, Gata. I also, uh, as I've said on other interviews here on the caring economy, I believe my purpose, and I think what binds us together, is this expectation that we are here to serve, right? in all kinds of ways we're doing it. Whether you start out at, at, at Bergdorf Goodman serving <laughs> or padding at a country club, serving is it. I think that is the way forward, is serving others. And I think we're going to really have that reinforced coming out of COVID. So I'm very optimistic about this generation that's coming up and I'm glad that you've shared some of your insights here today with them. And, and humble and humble. I think these types of, of experiences are humbling and and you just it, you need to approach life that way with curiosity and a humbleness um, and a respect for others that is is severely missing days mm -hmm. and one of the main um i would say one of the main drivers of why we have invested so much into the humankind platform yeah you know two other quick tips i would add in my sort of distillation through the years is one eye contact look someone in the eyes and see them. If we can start to see the other, that's going to bring real honesty and I think uh, healthy exchanges between us. 
And then um, I've said for decades, all my friends can tell you this, the most attractive thing anyone can wear is a smile. Yeah. <laughs> so just be humble, be curious, wear a smile, take interest genuinely, look the other in the eye. So thank you, Beata Gutman, CEO and founder of Grasshopper for joining us here today on The Caring Economy. I'm going to let you have the last word if there's anything else you'd like to say. No, I just, um, I, I'm, I, I know that everyone is quite heartbroken over the events of the last uh, year plus, and I just, I um, am approaching this year and hopefully the following years with a cautious optimism, um, which we all need and hope yeah. that we just open ourselves up to one another and uh, look at each other um, uh, with a new perspective. Cheers to that. Thank you, Beata Goodman. Thank you, Toby, so much.